Hello, Dr. Tim Jordan here with another episode of Raising Daughters. And as you know, I like to pick topics that are of interest to me. And one of the reasons why today's topic is of interest is because I'm seeing a lot of girls in my counseling practice who are burned out with their sports. And there's a lot of reasons for that, which we can go into in this podcast. But I thought I would turn to an expert. This is a woman. Her name is Paige Tons. And I became aware of her. And she coaches female athletes, especially girls who are kind of in uh, middle school and high school. She can tell you about her sweet spot. But I thought it'd be good for her to give us some ideas about what she's experiencing with girls today who are, um, these are, and these are probably high level athletes that she works with. But I also talked a little bit about her experiences growing up. She was an, uh, a softball player in college and how that has sort of brought her to where she is today. So thanks so much for joining us today on Raising Daughters. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I was, I've been looking forward to this, well, the last couple hours, because I got to meet you earlier on Zoom in person. And, um, but I've been following along and uh, actually just found your social media now and just kind of learning a little bit more about you. And I was just like, I'm, it's always really fun to get to talk and work with people who are doing very similar things and making a difference. So thank you for having me. Yeah. Um, and you, you describe yourself as a mindset mentor. Yeah. I've never heard that before. So just briefly just describe that. We'll go into detail a little bit later about what yeah. you do with girls. But. Well, when I first started working with girls and like, I knew like, this is how I wanted to work with girls is help them build confidence. Um, girl athletes specifically. I was like, what do you call that person? And I was like, could be confidence coach, a mindset mentor, confidence mentor. I don't know. There was a lot of different ideas. And I was like, what is going to like make sense to somebody that hears that? So it's always kind of been a work in progress. I kind of like confidence coach too, but, um, but really just working on the mindset and the, in the mental game and, um, that, that self-development piece that helps these girls have more confidence on and off the field or court wherever they compete and in life. Great. So I want to first hear what your story is, like how you came to do what you're doing. I'm, I'm sure you have lots of stories, but just kind of not necessarily briefly, but I want to know, know what your story was. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I grew up an athlete. Um, I don't, like even remember not playing sports as a child, as a kid growing up, um, played a lot of different sports growing up, but softball really stuck. So that was kind of my main thing. So I played uh, travel or club um, softball. I know it's called different things in different areas of the country. So I played club softball from when I was about 10 all the way up until 18. And then I went and played collegiate softball at Northwestern University. Um, so yeah, so sports has been a part of my life, uh, for a very, seems like a very long time. I still kind of like to consider myself an athlete, but <laughs> the, uh, competitive playing days are over. Um, but I, I really struggled with just getting past failures and making mistakes and, I was super hard on myself because I expected a, a lot out of myself. And I think a lot of people can relate to that athlete or not. Um, and 
what that did is it really just kind of held me back from my full potential instead of really allowing me to experience that full potential. Um, I, and you can like, you'll hear from my parents or close friends. Like I am very, very competitive, uh, whether that's, you know, playing cards or pickleball, or I mean, when it was softball, so I'm very competitive. And I think that's what made me like so hard on myself. And then also, you know, coming from my parents, my dad was really hard on me too. And we'll probably kind of get into that a little bit as well. And like that parent athlete relationship or that parent daughter relationship. Um, and so I struggled with this for a long time and I didn't really realize it was me getting in my own way most of the time until much later. (laughs) And, um, through college, my first three years of college. So freshman, sophomore, junior year, I, I ended up being the starting catcher, which was awesome and amazing and exciting, but I did not hit very well. I didn't have that other half for those of you guys that, you know, are familiar with baseball, softball. Um, that was a struggle for me. And, um, it was, it was like painful because I really wanted to be a good hitter. I wanted to be a great hitter on my team. I wanted to contribute to my team. I wanted to help my team win. And I was not doing that at all. I, um, kind of felt like every time I got up, I was like, well, if I don't get a hit, like they're going to pull me out, which usually was what happened. I like created that in my mind. Um, so it was just like this vicious cycle and I was frustrated, lots of tears, just not, not fun. I'm, you know, I look back at it and this burnout stuff. I'm like, I don't know how I didn't just like give up or quit. And I also don't know why I played softball because softball is a game of failure, just like baseball. You know, you get three hits out of 10 times and you're a really great hitter. (laughs) And I'm like, why did I choose this sport sometimes? But, um, I must really love challenge, I guess. Uh, so I mean, yeah, again, I don't know how I just kept going, but apparently I just was not going to quit. And my last year, my senior year, I had this, I mean, the time was dwindling. I knew that I had, you know, one year left to play competitively like this. I didn't even was even think that like professional or after playing was the thing. Like, I mean, I knew it was a thing, but I just didn't know if that was for me or not. Um, So I decided that I just did not want to be sick and tired and being sick and tired and frustrated with myself that senior year. So I kind of made just these new commitments. And this was the mindset shift for me was, was like, I'm going to go out there. I'm going to do my best. I'm going to have a lot of fun, which I was trying to have fun. It just wasn't really working (laughs) because I wasn't thinking about it the right way. Um, and whatever happens happens. That's like what I told myself, like whatever happens happens out there. And, you know, if I fail, oh, well, it's not worse than what I've already done. And if I do great, cool. Um, so that shift in mindset really like allowed me to finally let go of the results and the outcomes and like my batting average and the statistics and all these things that felt so important to me for so long. And then once I did that, I was playing amazing (laughs) my last year. I doubled my batting average, tripled the amount of at-bats that I got. I was having way more fun, hit more home runs. I mean, it was so much better. It was like I freed myself up, even though I didn't really know I was doing that. But then I look back at my experiences like, 
dang, I wish I would have done that earlier. Yeah. Wish could have had some more uh, hits in those first three years, but I'm so glad that I did experience it because if I didn't, I don't think I would be doing what I do now, helping girls understand you know, what their thoughts are and what they're thinking about and how that affects them and that they get to control those things and how to let go of those outcomes and results so that they can feel more confident. Out. Yeah. Let's, let's stay in the past just for a minute, because I want to hear more about how you made your switch, but you said you, you got pressure back even when you were a little kid mm-hmm. and then eventually you probably internalized that and it became your expectations. But how did that look from your parents? What, when they were, being hard on you or, or maybe intense? What did it look like for you? All right. So my mom was the easy laid back parent. <laughs> she also, she didn't play like a ton of competitive sports growing up. My dad was the opposite parent. He was like fierce. He was intense. He was competitive. He was the athlete in our family. And so, you know, naturally he was just really hard on myself, hard on me and expected, well, I mean, maybe I made those expectations, but I felt like I was, if I didn't perform the way that I, I was expecting myself to perform, like I was letting him down. So it made me, was was he a yeller? Was he intense? Was he always always coaching you? What did it look like? Um, so he coached some teams, he helped out on some teams. So he had lots of different roles coaching wise. As I got older, he didn't like, he was never like the head coach or anything, but yeah, I mean, I definitely had my share of getting yelled at and (laughs) disappointing him. Um, I always talk about like, especially with my, my audience and my girls like that car ride after tournaments and games and how I like if it didn't go well, I was, that was not never a good time, never a fun time because I knew that I was going to get like reamed. And it was always like, well, why would you swing in that pitch over your head? I'm like, mm. I don't know, like it just happened. And I'd be crying, yeah. you know? So there was like lots of emotions flying around. And I just don't think that, I think, you know, looking back at it, I think he, he means so well, mm. but he just, didn't know how to express it to me or like conversate about the game and practices and a way that I was going to receive better and but or, also or, yeah. or not talk about it on the way home yeah especially yeah. especially if you had a rough game or you lost or mm-hmm. I'm sure he could tell that you were uh, upset or you know frustrated and uh, you know so many parents I, I tell them all the time then the car ride from from their game is not the time to talk. Almost no girl wants that. And even when you walk in the door, probably not. Um, So, but a lot of parents, they have a hard time. Just, they just can't not coach. They they gotta say something. (laughs) And it's hard. I can, I can definitely relate. Like, especially as someone that wants to help all the time, it's like, they're trying to help and they're trying to like talk about it, but you, you just like, we're just not in the right mindset. To, to be there. <laughs> and with you, and with what you, you're working with female athletes, but of course that involves parents somewhat. Um, one of the things I help girls with, and, and you tell, I want you to tell me what you're experienced. There's oftentimes a reason why a mom or a dad is that intense with sports. For example, let me give you two quick examples that I've heard within the last several months. One of them was a dad who was really, really 
really, really into coaching his daughter, even though he wasn't the coach. He coached from the stands. He coached in the car ride home, constantly on her. And his story was that when he was growing up, uh, and he was an athlete all the way through high school, his parents never came to one game mm. because they were busy and because uh, I guess they were distracted. And so I think he said to himself growing up, by God, when I have kids, I will be at my kids' games. I will be involved. I will be involved. And he was certainly involved. That was one story. The other one was a dad who was a good athlete and uh, and was on did several sports. And I think he was a, maybe a sophomore in high school playing football. He, had, he got a broken neck. And he was told he couldn't do sports anymore. Mm -hmm. um, you know, most sports, like any kind of contact sports, whether it was football or soccer or whatever. And so he, he lost that outlet. And so now he's, he's got a daughter who's a good athlete. And so, so he's kind of living through her, which is, I know it's very cliche, but it's, it can yeah. be true. So I'm, yeah. I'm wondering if you're finding this, you find the same thing with some of your parents is that I try to help girls not to be pissed at their parents because mm -hmm. I think they do mean well, it's just, there's a story there usually. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. It's like getting to those root causes. Right. And definitely my dad, um, has that very similar to the second story that you shared about this, this other dad. Um, my dad was, he was definitely like a star athlete in high school. He played all three varsity, all three sports, um, basketball, baseball, and football. And he had, you know, goals and dreams of playing collegiate football. Um, his senior year, he broke his leg and that really set him and pushed him behind where he should have been. He could have, you know, good, you know, should have, could have, would have gone and played at, you know, the U of A and played football there, but he had to go to a junior college and it was just definitely a more difficult and challenging route. So he never really, I don't think that he ever, you know, in his eyes reached his full potential there and did the things that he wanted to do. So I'm sure that he wanted to see that through me. And I have a, another brother who plays, has played pretty competitive sports and he played um, uh, co collegiate football at the University of Colorado. So he <laughs> experienced another side, but on the, on the, the male side of things. So a little bit different. We have very different personalities. So that was interesting yeah. to see him go through the, the, the whole experience as well. I'm wondering when you were a kid, you played starting when you were, I think you said nine or 10, you started playing the, you know, the higher level club traveling kind of teams. Uh, one of the things I noticed in a lot of girls is especially the ones who are kind of burned out <clears throat> that I see in my counseling practice and they're, and they're, I guess burned out is one way of describing it. Another is miserable. And they've been playing a lot of them, the same sport 12 months of the year. And there's a lot of pressure. And I'm not sure if you're finding this, mm -hmm. a lot of pressure they get from coaches that say, this is a sport you do. Mm -hmm. they don't, they're, they're encouraging girls not to do multiple sports, which I think most people with common sense would say it's good for your body. It's good for overuse injuries. It's good for your interest, your, all that. Yeah. Um, so, but a lot, for, for a lot of girls, the reason they don't quit and don't take time off is they're so afraid of disappointing their parents because their parents have put so much time and energy and money into their sport. And they're, they're afraid of disappointing their coaches, their teammates. So I'm wondering, you know, back when you were in grade school, middle school, high school, what was, are you aware of, are you in touch with what your motivation was? Because I, 
number one, you're you're a very intense person, apparently. That that was probably from that's probably from birth, right? That's just yeah. a part of your temperament. But obviously, there's other things that let your dad is probably one piece of that puzzle. There may have been there's probably lots of pieces, but yeah. I'm wondering what was your motivation back in the day? Yeah, definitely. Oh my gosh, there's like so many things that I'm thinking about for this specific area. And well, first thing I did play other sports and into high school and junior, like, so from seventh grade up until my senior year, I played volleyball. I played basketball until my freshman year, but I played volleyball all the way until my senior year of high school. Nice. Um, so I honestly, in my opinion, I think it's, it was really beneficial for me. It was something different. It wasn't like my, you know, ticket to college thing. It was like Mm -hmm. something that was fun, even though it was still competitive. And I mean, I had to be, I was the only girl that I was one of the two girls on our varsity team, varsity volleyball team that didn't play club. So it had to be, (laughs) I still had to be pretty competitive. Um, but it, it was, it's always interesting when I talk about this too, because I think in volleyball, I was, I just had this different mindset and it was more freeing. And I don't know if it's because it was to their different sports, but softball, there was, I just felt a lot more pressure. Um, but so I definitely think that playing multiple sports, even two, like just two, um, you know, I don't know a lot of people that play more than that is helpful. I mean, I think it's good too. It just makes you a better all around athlete anyway and more aware of like your body and the way you move and your strength and things like that um but it also gives you this time to be like oh like different something different a little bit of change and different, different friends. Group of girls yeah different yeah. group of girls different friends actually my best friends are vol- like I don't none of my best friends from high school are softball players they're all volleyball players that <laughs> <laughs> um, I still spend time with and they're actually my bridesmaids in my, in my wedding, hopefully soon. Um, but yeah, I think playing different, it's super helpful to not burn out. I think that, yes, I was a very driven person. So, um, but there was many, many times where I was like, I don't want to go to practice. I want to go to homecoming instead of this <laughs> tournament. Like yeah. I want to be like a normal person too. And I, that's something that I think, you know, athletes are going to continue to battle with. And I think it's just having conversations with your parents and having the confidence to have conversations with your parents and just tell them what you're thinking and feeling and also your coaches. But I think it's like setting that, like, you know, if you're going to play other sports, just letting know the, letting those coaches know and communicating that. So it doesn't, you know, become this like awkward tension in the middle of the season or we know whenever it is, but I, you know, I think my parents were pretty good about, I mean, I didn't miss very many practices, but I also, I didn't feel like I missed out on like a lot of social interactions and other activities Mm -hmm. and things with school and friends. I did miss a few that were like, Oh, that's really like stunk. But, um, there were times that we just like made it happen and figured it out. Um, so I think it's just like really figuring out a balance that works for you, even if it's hard conversations with parents and coaches. So some girls who I bet you're working with, I think probably a lot of them, um, they get frustrated. Uh, they're perfectionists. They're, they're probably pretty driven. Um, 
I imagine a lot of them sometimes get into that I'm not good enough kind of mentality. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes that comes from outside of them because they, they may have had critical coaches or critical parents. Um, I think oftentimes it probably, a, a bunch of it comes from that. But I think over time, girls, and this is probably true for boys too, they tend to internalize those messages. Then it becomes their voice mm-hmm. about not being good enough and stuff. And I'm wondering yeah. um, how you approach that with girls that you work that you work with, because that, that's one of the reasons why I think I see some girls who get tired of their sport or burned out is because it's not fun. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I was just thinking, I have a lot of parents that will reach out to me for mentorship for their daughters, for their athletes, because they're, they're so, they're so sad and upset that their daughter isn't having fun or they're not enjoying playing anymore. And, you know, it's like, well, that seems so silly because that's why we start playing sports in the first place. It's supposed to be fun. It's supposed to be something that's enjoyable. And when it's not, there's definitely a a red flag, right? Um, which is what you're, you're hearing in your counseling practice. And so, you know, my goal and my mission is to like bring that joy and that fun element back to their sport, because, you know, ultimately we want them to play, you know, if it, if it makes sense, of course, but we want them to play. I think, you know, they experience such amazing lessons by playing sports, but um, if it's not fun, they are also not playing well. Usually they're not succeeding because they're not enjoying it. They're not having fun. There's too much pressure or they're putting pressure on themselves or whatever the case may be. So my goal is to give them tools and things that they can use to create confidence so that they're having fun again and they can, you know, know they know how to relieve pressure or um execute in a, in a a pressure moment or when they're feeling nervous or they feel like, you know, they're, if, you know, if they're starting to be like, oh my gosh, if I don't get a hit like me, (laughs) if I don't get a hit, my dad's going to be so mad at me or, you know, I'm going to get pulled and knowing like, oh, that's like, that's that thing that I need to, I need to switch up. I need to think differently about. So how can I think about this? So instead, you know, replacing it with, of course, like some positive affirmations, some yeah. like better self-talk and like how they view themselves. And I think it really does start like with a foundation of like, what do they think about themselves, you know, outside of everybody else? Like, how do they, who do they want to be? How do they want to show up and knowing they can be that person and they can have that confidence. I think girls too, is we think like, if we're too confident and it comes off the wrong way or like bossy or like rude or too much or mean full of yourself. Yeah. Full of yourself. <laughs> um, and so I want to be able to give the girls permission to be like, no, like I can go out there and be like, yeah, I can hit this ball. I don't care what she's throwing me kind of thing. And, and it's not like an attitude, but it's like just having, being comfortable with like stepping into that and owning that confidence. Yeah. I, I think, tell me if this is true for you and all your girls. I think it's hard because today there's so much emphasis on winning and being the best and being on the best team and getting a college scholarship and getting straight A's and all that, that I think that's been sort of smashed into our daughters, our girls, yeah. that, that conditioning. And so I think it's hard sometimes for them to step back and say, well, wh- why am I doing this? 
if I, if I, if it's causing me a lot of undue stress, which I think that does do that, then, you know, why do I want to, I, I ask that question to girls all the time in my counseling practice. Why I'll ask some things like, what kind of grades do you want? Well, A's like you idiot. I'm like, well, why do you want A's? They don't say that, but I can see in their face, like, duh, duh right? And they'll say, well, I'll say, well, why do you want A's? And a lot of them don't have an answer. Yeah. I've never really thought about why they would want to get A's besides pleasing yeah. their parents. But I think the same thing can hold true for, you know, why are you playing your sport? Why do you want to be, play at this high level? What's your intention for doing that? If your intention is to beat, beat everybody and be the best and, and prove to your parents or please your parents, then you can, you can end up being a good athlete and all that, but you're not going to get much joy from it. Mm -hmm. yeah. That may have been part of your epiphany at your, the start of your senior year in college was you, it sounds like you shifted your intention for why you were playing. Oh, yeah, that's good. I did. I was like, why am I doing this? Like beating myself up all the time. It's very tiring. <laughs> and um, it's funny. I just had a, a parent reach out um, and her daughter is on like the A team or team one, um, the top level. And the coach is going to cut her because he doesn't see progress. And um, so she was, she had reached out to me and she, you know, she's, you know, devastated for her daughter. She doesn't know how she's going to take it. And so my, my advice and what I, you know, advised her to do was have a conversation with her and actually like figure out like, you know, why does she want to be on this team? Does she even like being on this team? Like, is this a good fit for you? Like, what do you want in a team? If you had like your ultimate situation kind of thing and really digging a little bit deeper and figuring out like, what's important and like, why do you show up? Why do you want to play on that team? And is there a team that would be a good fit too? Um, so just like re-navigating the goals. Um, Cause I think again, like being on that number one team feels so important. And it's like, you know, like our, our conversation earlier, we're like so close to it. We can't like really see the big picture until you step back and you're like, Oh, you know, actually being on this other team would be really great too. But, but, so, but you know, if the pressure from their parents and are the coaches, which I hear a lot, is that you got to be on this team because this is a team that will put you in in college. This is you got to be on this team because my goal in this yeah. team is to get everybody a scholarship. Or or if they're in eighth grade, every one of my kids is going to start when they're a freshman in high school and their high school team. When the focus is on that, it's hard, I think, for girls to just to let go of that and to say I'd probably be better off and happier if I was playing on a B a B travel squad or a C travel squad where I liked the girls. It was fun. And I got to actually play. I wasn't standing yeah. on the sidelines watching most of the game because I wasn't quote unquote good enough. Yeah. Yeah, totally. It's like, again, like getting down to that. You know, what, are, what is the purpose of playing here <laughs> and yeah. like figuring out that why, um, Oh shoot. I was going to say something and I totally lost it, but, uh, Oh, I know what it was. I actually, it's funny. I talked about this on my social media today. Cause with some of the girls that I work with after they graduate my programs, we continue to meet if, um, if they want to. And something I had them do is write a letter to their sport. And I talked about how like a lot of times we have this love hate relationship with our sport. Cause mm. you know, we're not always going to feel motivated, but there are times where we're starting to feel that burnout. And, um, I, it was really interesting. It was really cool to see them. I've done this exercise myself, but it's really like a gratitude, like a letter of gratitude to your sport and looking at like, 
why do you like, why do you love softball? Like why, you know, what has it done for you? How, like, what have you learned from it? How have you grown from softball? And it's kind of like a, an interesting little uh, exercise, but it was really cool to see what they wrote. And they were like, dang, like, this is like, this is the point. This is why we play because of these things that we just wrote down and like reflecting about it. Because there's times where, you know, I was very frustrated with softball sometimes. Yeah. Really, it was just myself. Um, so yeah, so that was that was a kind of a cool way to like get them to step back and look at it yeah. with a different viewpoint. You, we, when we were talking earlier, you mentioned to me something that you work with your girls. It's called time management planners. I think that's what you said. Yeah, doing some time management, but like I, I'm like a planner nerd, so mm-hmm. I like like get them to take out their planners and teach them different like strategies on how to use their planners to have better time management and make better use of their time. And my guess is part of that would include not your sport and self-care. Yes. Yes. So it's funny. um, Most kids or like students, they, they get planners for school most of the time, which Side note, my favorite day of school was when we got our planners. That was an exciting <laughs> day. Um, but so you're, so you're intense, competitive, and a nerd. Okay. I'm a pl- planner and nerd. Um, keep judging you. Yeah. Yes. At one point I wanted to be event an event planner, but you know. Wow. Um so th- these I think a lot of kids think that because school gives them a planner, like they only use it for school. I'm like, no, 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 no. You can use that for more than just your school assignments and things like put down your practices and like what you're doing during the week, maybe, you know, and the self-care piece. I'm like, we talk, I talk about, you know, we have to take care of ourselves. And I know self-care is like a big topic. It's kind of booming right now, especially for adults. I I think moms, especially, I think, you know, moms are always giving, 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 and never doing things for themselves. So I know it's a big topic, but it's kind of weird to talk about it with uh, kids and teens. Cause like you have to take care of yourself too. I mean, you're probably doing it already by like watching TV or whatever, but you really have to plan for like when you want to spend time with your friends or, um, when you want to watch your favorite Netflix show or when you want to go with your mom and get a pedicure or something <laughs> like, like you have to you like plan that in because you are busy and student athletes, especially they're super busy. Most times I think families are going to practice like three or four times a week. And if you don't figure out time for it, then it's never going to happen. So we always have to like fill our cup up and take care of ourselves so that we can be, uh, you know, full for practice and games and things like that. So we don't hit, well, I mean, there's going to be times when you're not going to feel motivated or not want to go to practice, but like hit that ultimate burnout where you're like, Oh, I just want to, I'm done. I just want to quit. Um, so yeah, it's like understanding that balance again. And I bet this is, I find this, I bet you do too, that you almost have to give girls permission to do that Mm because they've been so ratcheted up by everybody about, you know, straight A's and best team and practice. And, and they're so hyper-focused and all that, that they, haven't really had a chance to talk about what self-care would mean for them besides watching Netflix. But, um, but also, also the fact that 
Um, oh, I lost my train of thought now. Um, about <laughs> self-care, what was I, what was I gonna say? Um, oh, well, go ahead. What, tell, me, tell me your experience with that. Uh, as far, oh, I know, yeah, I know what so, it was. I, I know what it was. The girls who I see who are kind of burned out, who need a break, I'll say to them, so if you had, like, if you, if God forbid you took a month or two off of your volleyball, whatever, this year, or took the summer off for, for basketball or, or soccer or something, you know, what would you want to do? And a lot of them look at me like, I don't know. And I'll say, well, what's fun? I mean, what do you like to do? I don't know. All I do is my sport. Yeah. School and sport, school, sport, school, sport. And on um, on the weekends, it's tournament. You're out of town. And so a lot of them have lost touch with who they are and what they want and what's, what they enjoy and hobbies. Mm -hmm. That may sound kind of stupid, but I, a lot of those girls get so hyper-focused on just their school and their sports that they, they lose track of yeah. everything else. And that then, therefore, it's harder for them to do self-care because they don't know what to do. Yeah. Yeah. I have, I even have girls with school. They're so determined in school, which is, you know, great. It's amazing, but they don't do anything fun. I'm like, you gotta like go, I don't know. I, like, I love those, like, um, they have like these really cool classes where you can go and make signs like the wooden, like, like house decor, mm -hmm. I guess. And you go and like paint and like, you know, it's like a, it's like a craft. You go in, they have this yeah. craft made for you. I love those because I'm super like artsy and creative and I love that. And it just kind of gets me to like actually relax and not think about you know, all the other things going on and just to like do that. And so I would tell him like, do you like to paint or draw or color? <laughs> I'm like thinking of the artsy stuff, but even just, I mean, some of the, my girls, like one of them does horseback riding. Some of them like go to the lake and wake yeah. surf. And like, I'm like, just like, what are other things? Horses on the lake. That's, those are kind of expensive hobbies, but there's other, <laughs> there's other ones. You know, um, a lot of the girls I, who are, a lot of the girls who I, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but a lot of the girls who I see who are wired like you, I think, what they'll say is, well, I, I, I used to do art, but I'm not very good at it. And I would say, yeah. to them, it's not about being good at it. <laughs> this is not for a grade. Nobody's going to see it but you. This is like just because it re relaxes me. It's fun. I just like to just sit down and just mess around with paint or whatever, whatever it might be. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just doing something different just to take your mind off. And I, you know, I say, Netflix because Netflix is easy and it's something that, like I listen to a lot of podcasts I'm intaking a lot of information and for me to just like watch a show I'm like oh finally my brain is turning off but um but yeah I think like doing other things that they enjoy or spending time with their parents or like planning a game night with their family like I'm like you have to take initiative sometimes. Like maybe mom and dad aren't that type of person. Like maybe you're like okay, we're gonna play some games tonight or have a movie night and like do popcorn or whatever. Like so they're oh, swimming. Swimming is a big one here. <laughs> the girls like to swim, so that's one of the things they'll say they like to do for self care is like just swimming with their friends yeah. or hanging. We're talking with Paige Tons. And she works with uh, female athletes, kind of like grade school through high school. I think you told me your, your ages are like 10 to 18. Is that right? And she's, yes. su she's supporting them and giving them skills about how they can, you know, play at a high level, but also take care of themselves and, and take care of their self-talk and not be so hard on themselves and those kinds of things. So as we start to wind down here, give me your best piece of advice you would give to a girl athlete, which is way too broad, I know, but, but also to, to their parents. 
mm. of, of, a, of a high level athlete. Yeah, this is good. Actually, the first thing that comes to mind is um, reflecting and reflection on games or practices, or it could, it could really be for anything or after making a mistake um, and reflecting and asking. So for the athlete, you can ask yourself these questions or journal on them. I'm a big believer in like pen to paper and really writing down your thoughts. It really like makes them kind of like just more real and like black and white, <laughs> if you can say. Um, and then for parents asking these questions instead of like giving immediate feedback or trying to fix something. So those questions that I like the girls to answer and the parents to ask are, you know, what did I, what am I doing really well? Like, what did I do really well today? What did I do really well in that game? What went really well on that test? And this can, this is for things that go wrong too. So if you have a terrible game, there's probably things that you did well too, because I mean, sports through like, there's a million moving parts and you're probably doing a lot of things, right? You just did a few things wrong or a few things went off. So what am I doing really well? And if you really want to challenge, write down like three things. <laughs> um, and then what, it, what didn't go so well, which is the easy one. It's like, oh, well, no, that one. That's the one I've been beating myself up over for like the last three hours. And then, um, you know, what did I learn? So what did I learn from this? How, what can I take away? And also like, you know, what, what can I work on moving forward? Something positive, something, because a lot of girls will be like, well, I need to work on not dropping my shoulder. And I'm like, okay, well, what do you want to happen? So it's like working on like, standing tall or being tall, you know, um, shoulder up and just making that little difference in, in, uh, adjustments, or it's just like one of my girls, one of her intentions this last week was forgiveness and just really working on being herself when she gets frustrated with herself. So that's, yeah. I thought that was really good. Also, I heard you say before for you, I'm gonna use my words. One of the things that helped you was instead of focusing on the destination, you start focusing more on the journey. Instead of focusing on like your, your um, batting average at the end of the season, you were just focusing more on what can I do today to improve in practice and stuff. And this, so if you stay out of the results and spend more time just on the process, a lot of times that takes some of the pressure off too. Is that accurate? Yeah, sorry, the UPS man's here and my dog oh, is- I heard your dog. <laughs> what, was, what was that last question? Oh, it was about, Focusing on the, the process instead of the results, the focus on the journey instead of the destination. I, I'd heard you kind of say that earlier, that that helps you your senior year to kind of not get so hyper-focused on my batting average at the end of the year and more yes. on just enjoy this moment. What can I do to improve? What am I focusing on today at this practice, at, at this at bat? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it definitely goes back to like, what are the things that I can control? And for me, that's also like black and white. Because if I'm like, oh, like it's okay, Paige, like, it's all going to be all right. Like that didn't really like feel authentic and like good for me because I knew like I was still mad. So, you know, I love the, okay, what, what's going well, what's not going well. Okay. How, like, what can I focus on? And th usually that has, that needs to be those things that we can control, whether that's, you know, maybe we're working on one individual skill this week or really focusing on forgiving ourselves. That's like our attitude, right? or what we're telling ourselves, or maybe it's just like focusing on taking a deep breath, 
when we're feeling overwhelmed or stressed. So it's like, what are those things that we can control that are going to create you know, in hopes create a better outcome. And when we know that like when we practice those things, they do create better outcomes most of the time, even though we have no control over the outcome. And I always like to think about it as so like softball. You could get, you could hit a line drive and hit the ball perfectly and you could go right to somebody and you're out. And so you did everything right. It just didn't go where you needed it to go. And that's totally out of your control and out of like, out of your hands. So once you do everything, like you just gotta let it go, which is challenging, but with practice, it's totally doable. So we've been talking to Paige Tons. I'm gonna ask you to give them your uh, contact information in just a second. But if any of you listening to, to Raising Daughters have a daughter who's an athlete who struggles with their confidence, if they're hard on themselves, especially around their sport, they overthink their process or their games, if they ruminate a lot, if they have a hard time dealing with frustration or mistakes or quote unquote failures, then uh, <laughs> someone like Paige would be a good person maybe to do a little bit of mentoring with your daughters. And so how could people get a hold of you and, and check, check out what you do? Yeah, so I'm really active on Instagram and Facebook. I'd say Instagram first, then Facebook. Um, just doing a lot of videos. I love, love the stories. I like to share different things that I'm doing inside my programs, just tips and all that, all the good stuff. Um, so that's on my Instagram, which you can find me at page tons, um, on either, or, and then if you, like, I have some freebies, some downloads for like, I have a visualization practice package on my website. Um, and some more information about different ways that we can work together or the mentorship program called the confident athlete. And that's on my site, which is pagetoms.com. So you just have to remember my name. <laughs> and that's, it, but it's, it's P-A-I-G-E-T-O-N-Z. Just to make yes. sure you don't, you don't yep. have to play around yep. with that. And if you get my last name right, I'm pretty sure I'm like the only one yeah. with that last name. So it's usually easy to find. Yeah. Thank you so much for, for being on, on Raising Daughters today and for giving us your expertise. I'm, I'm glad girls have somebody to turn to because there is a lot of pressure on them. And a lot of the athletes I meet are very stressed with, with everything. And so I'm glad they have someone just like, you, you know, you kind of did on your own kind of sort of your, your senior year in college. I bet it would have been nice when you were 13 or 15 if you had had a mentor who would have done for you what you're doing for Definitely. girls. I had like little sprinkles here and there. Um, but I didn't have anything that was like consistent, like day in, day out, week in, week out. And I think that's the big difference. Cause like I saw, um, I used the sports psychologist a few times when I was in college, I wish that I would have gone more. So if you have that opportunity right in front of you, take it. But, um, and then I had a few coaches that had some background in psychology. So there was like little things here and there. And then after college, I really, got into self-development and I think just the entrepreneurship journey is like a big self-development <laughs> ordeal. Yeah. Um, so I've done a lot more work after as well, but that consistency of like just taking it in and absorbing and learning is so helpful. So you can find Paige at, at Paige Tons, P-A-I-G-E-T-O-N-Z on, on Instagram. And then your website again was? PageTons.com. 
pagetowns.com. <laughs> uh, again, thank you so much. Um, thank you all to, also for listening in to Raising Daughters. We, uh, we'll come back with a, a new podcast in a week or two. I've been trying to do more podcasts and blogs because people are, are requesting more podcasts and blogs these days. It seems like it's easier for people to listen when they're driving around and then and, and read something. So I appreciate you not only listening in, but also passing these on. And this would be a good podcast again to listen to maybe with your daughter to see if she um, relates to anything that we talked about. It might open up some conversations about what your daughter's going through with, with her sport and with her mental health around her sport. Um, so I'll be back here in uh, about two weeks with another podcast. Thanks so much for stopping by. <laughs>